You're listening to Pushing It Uphill, and we are literally pushing it uphill. It's time for another update from the road. Day 14, and I've just ridden, I think, about 125 kilometres, and I don't know what that is in miles, because yet again, I don't have Peter here to tell me. Uh, And today was one of the harder days for me. There was a big headwind and uh, rode from Alness and a little bit further because we were staying a bit out of town and finished in a place called Tung or the Kyle of Tung. And it's because the land is sort of in the shape of a tongue, I think. That's as about as historical as I can get. <clears throat> and uh, today started out, I was on sort of like a main road um, with a fair bit of traffic, which I didn't really love. And then uh, I went into a place called Bona Bridge or Bona Bridge, and I actually got a really good toasted cheese sandwich there, which uh, set me on what what I wasn't expecting because I'm not the kind of person who researches and looks into what's up ahead of me, uh, which was um, a bit of a tough old drag after that. So... uh, Yes, I, I, we, we're doing a climb, I say we, because I've got someone sitting with me who you will be introduced to in a moment who also rode the same roads, uh, a, a, a very long drag of a climb into a headwind um, that was really, really hard, but it was made easier by completely epic landscapes. Uh, and so climbed about a 1,000 metres, a kilometre or so of climbing, I think, but uh, six six odd hours in the saddle and uh, started to get a bit of a sore left leg towards the end of the day, but sort of that many days in, I'm probably just sort of wearing out without any rest days. So uh, an update on Peter. Uh, Peter has, um, he was on the list to get operated on today and then he got bumped. So um, the praises he's been singing of the NHS aren't quite the same today as they were two days ago, but that can't be helped because obviously they were putting people in front of him that uh, probably needed some attention uh, more than him. So Peter is waiting for tomorrow to hopefully get operated on, and if he doesn't, then he will. he's going to try by hell or high water to get to John O'Groats uh, in time for me to finish. So um, I've only got about 100-odd... 106 kilometres or something, I think it is tomorrow. So I will be um, sightseeing around Tung, uh, which is just so beautiful. There's We've got the sea in front of us and islands and epic mountains and decaying castles and, uh, yeah, uh, locks, and it is just truly one of the most spectacular scenes I've ever seen, which made me want to have Peter on the ride with me today because we would have been having lots of conversations about what was around us and he would have given me some historical context about things. But I do have a uh, chappie with me who's one of the guys that we've met on the road and we did talk about him a few days ago on Pushing It Uphill. We have Richard Fulham who has been uh, doing Lands Into John O'Groats with his mate Paul and a shout out to Paul's dad who's been, I believe, listening to the podcast since we picked him up. Richard, welcome to Pushing It Uphill. Thank you, Adrian. Uh, Really nice to be on Pushing It Uphill now that we listen to your podcast on a regular basis. 
the tens of listeners is growing as we go. So, Richard, why why are you and Paul doing uh, Land Centre John O'Groats? What's all behind that? Well, Paul and I were both lucky enough to have finished work in the last couple of years, and we decided that we'd um, do this for our local hospice charity. Paul is a brilliant cyclist who's been riding for many, many years. I'm a more recent convert to two wheels, so I'm still learning the ropes, but we thought it'd be something to, to target, prepare for, and then do as well. And your preparation from an, in an Australian context sounds pretty romantic. You went to France for a training camp, can you tell, or France, as you guys call it. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, we had about 10 days in France um, about, what is it, two months ago, uh, and we rode most days in France. Our rest days were when we went out with our wives, Jackie and Teresa, um, but most days we went and rode somewhere around about 120 to 150 kilometres just to get our legs in. Um, beautiful roads in France. There's very little traffic uh, where we were located. Uh, very lucky to, to have that. The roads are beautiful surfaces, so it was a brilliant preparation. And uh, have, has it sorted you out? Peter and I had very sort of broken preparations i was working a lot and peter went to greece and sat on a yacht for about 10 days uh and just did some swimming how's it helped you out do you reckon i definitely think getting the the miles or the kilometers into the legs has been really good for us certainly very good for me i think what i've actually been doing is making paul even stronger as a cyclist (laughs) but um yeah really just getting those miles in was was great for me uh, I hadn't really ridden much more than 50 miles uh, before we started our training back in January. So this is a big step up for me. And you took up cycling only a few years ago. Why was that? Yeah, I'm a, a COVID period convert <laughs> to cycling. So when we were allowed out to do something, a couple of our friends, including Paul, uh, are keen cyclists. So we started off with a ride with a number of us on rather old bikes uh, and then, as I've discovered, cycling is one of those sports where you can easily spend money. So we easily spent money and bought bikes. Um, and then we started going out more as a group. We call ourselves the not going out group because we weren't allowed out very much during COVID um, and just went from there, really. How have you found Le Jog? So we've got one day to go and all going well, but some logistics permitting we might be leaving at the same time tomorrow. Uh, what's your... What's your thoughts on it from uh, with one day to go? I think Paul and I, to, on today's ride, we described it as the best 40 miles of cycling we'd ever experienced in this, uh, I think it was about 150 kilometres overall, this ride that we did today. But every day has had something for us. And that really, for me, is the thing, whether it's meeting people along the way like yourself uh, and like Peter or whether it's just seeing parts of the country that we hadn't really noticed before or seen before. So every day has brought something new, a new view, a new experience, something funny along the way, all of those good things. Can you put into words what the last... So I guess when it, when it got very northern Scotland, because for me I was riding through hedgerows and there were some bridges and a castle and everything, I thought, oh, this is all pretty nice. Where's this northern Scotland thing? And it just gets... Off the dial, majestic. What what were you guys thinking as you were riding through? Well, exactly that, Adrian. You know, I've been up here before, but it doesn't prepare you still for when you come across the the mountains, almost like a prairie style before the mountains as well. So you're looking at really long views. Everywhere you look around, you've just got wonderful, spectacular views. 
every corner we turned, we were like turning to each other and just again saying, wow, this is just amazing. Spent quite a lot of time looking backwards whilst trying to cycle forwards <laughs> to look at the views of where we'd come from. But it's just um, an immense landscape. Mm. You know, wherever you look, you see these huge mounds of mountains and uh, bends and munros, as they call them here, mm. um, which people bag. Because you've lived in Scotland, haven't you? So you sort of know more of the language, which I don't know. Yeah, yeah. We lived we lived a long way from the Highlands of Scotland, but we're very lucky enough to tour around here as well. But it, it just it takes your breath away at every turn, really. And yeah. it's probably the most wilderness that you can get within the UK, yeah. um, and that brings with it its its own sort of special feeling as well. I, I described it almost like moving from just appreciating the nature to almost being sort of a musical or emotional experience mm. today because everywhere you turn, you think, oh, this is just too much, too incredible. So I found myself sitting on my bike singing quite a lot, to yeah. be honest. I, I, I love that analogy because as I play a bit of music and I could only – it was like epic cinema stuff. You just go around that corner and you just go, what, this is even better. And the and the, the view into tongue, like the last – the last like half a mile of this ride it actually just amped up even more if you'd think it could it was just crazy yeah we were getting um messages from our support crew aka our wives just saying wow 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 um you should see the next bit that you're coming (laughs) over and it is incredible it just spreads out in front of you the kyle of tongue you've got the mountains the water today was just a beautiful day this is not necessarily a normal day in the far north of the United Kingdom, but the sun was shining, blue sky, lovely fluffy white clouds, everything you could want really for the end of a ride. I said to Paul, it's almost like this should be the end of the ride because it's like you've reached nirvana in terms <laughs> of the, the landscape and everything around it, but we've still got to press on tomorrow as well. So yeah, just incredible to come over that last hill and see what was ahead of us. Before we finish up this edition of Pushing Up Hill, uh, we when we met you guys after our puncture, uh, just coming, uh, where were we? We were... Uh, we were in the middle of nowhere. We were in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> we were in the middle of nowhere. Past Dunfermline and the Leisureplex. We were, yes, past the Leisureplex and we were on our way. I can't remember we were on our way to. We were in a... We like were in a, Fife. We were in the Kingdom of Fife. The Kingdom of Fife, which no one likes. Yeah. And uh, and we very fortuitously came across you and Paul and just hit it off instantly. And there was a test match going on at the time and we were doing score checks as we were riding along. And Paul, who uh, he's not really much of a cricket fan, um, he was sort of like, oh, what's all this fuss about? But I think you were pretty happy that there was some, some cricket guys that we could sort of have some jibes. With and we talked about Ollie Robinson on that day, and we're all of the same opinion of him. Uh, how do you reckon he's feeling right now? I suspect he's not smart enough to be feeling embarrassed. Um, but yeah, he was talking big and then didn't really deliver, would be my view. Uh, it's really interesting because Peter said if England got 280 in their second inning, so they were 280 ahead then England will win. And I said, I don't think so. I think you're too strong. And as it proved, Pat Cummins got you over the line. Mm. Any tips on Lords, do you think? With a Jimmy Anderson, they're going to roll him out. He's got a yeah, very good record at that ground. I'm going to be at that match. Very lucky to be there. Have you got any any thoughts? What are they going to do with Moen Ali, etc.? Well, first of all, I'm, in, I'm incredibly envious of you being at the, <laughs> the Lords Test match. Um 
Anderson I mean, didn't take many wickets in this test, so you have to watch out for that. Mm. Um, I, I have to say my personal bias is that, that Lords is not necessarily the best test ground. It's, it's an amazing place to go and watch cricket. Mm. But actually, in terms of results or the way the game goes, I'm not sure who it will suit better, to, to be honest. But mm. maybe Jimmy will actually come back and make some wickets now. I hope so. I hope it's a good match. I hope it doesn't rain the whole time. So but <laughs> Otherwise, I'm just going to sit there in the rain. Um, it's been great meeting you and Paul on the road. We all hit it off really well. And it, I, I can't understate the importance of the, when you came across us and Peter was riding with a, you know, a badly broken elbow and uh, you guys uh, just helped us get through the day and you were watching his arm sort of swelling up and getting worse and worse. I th- I th- I thought I was doing so well because I was riding along with Peter, who's clearly a really experienced cyclist, and and then I realised that he was basically riding on one arm <laughs> and was in significant pain, even though he didn't admit that. So the man showed true grit, but yeah, it was it was another one of the moments that I had along the way when I realised I wasn't quite as good as I thought I was. But yeah, <laughs> it was a tremendous day. I think we rode for about eighty kilometres all in mm. by the end of the day, and we had a great time. Yeah, it was really good. And, you know, Paul's just effervescent and full of beans. And as I, I think, Richard, you are as uh, quick as a flash and dry as a chip and very funny and you had us laughing the whole time. So it's great to have you on Pushing It Uphill as a guest um, and uh, a, a great replacement for Peter while he can't be here. Thanks, mate. Thanks very much, Adrian. I don't quite have Peter's voice for audio, which is quite a voice. But, yeah, love being on uh, Pushing It Uphill and love meeting you both. And I'm going to now uh, send a link to Peter singing the national anthem to Richard and Paul, and they're going to love it and Peter's going to hate it. Thanks for listening to Pushing It Uphill. Remember, every dollar you donate to our ride for Muscular Dystrophy Tasmania goes directly to help purchase a wheelchair-accessible vehicle for a family in southern Tasmania as they meet the many challenges muscular dystrophy throws up in their lives. You can find the link to donate in our show notes. Thanks to our in-kind sponsors who have helped us along the way. Corecoms, Creative Imagery, Trail Science, Cradle Mountain Wilderness Village, the Tasman Hotel and the Coles Bay Triathlon. 